It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Thank you again and welcome back, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, picking up from where we started last week, we're, we're talking about the 10 points of change. And I think we ended up on that support system, which I thought um, you know, was, was really powerful. But moving right along to the next step in the 10 points of change, you write about implementation, right? This is the sixth point, and this is where we improve and implement. We step back and look at what we've become. We accept and continue to look at ourselves honestly. And we continue to refine, always staying true to becoming our best ever you. What it tells me, Elizabeth, is that you don't stop there. You don't, you never get to the point where, you know, okay, I'm done. But we, this is where continuous improvements happen. Why is it important to continuously develop or improve yourself as you go through um, change? Well, uh, I think six and seven go together, actually. Implement and accept. I, I, I love how they go together, kind of like three and four go together. Um, it's, it's so important to continuously improve. Um, it, 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 if you're not continuously improving, I'm not quite sure what you're doing. Um, think about that for a little while. Um, because life's changing all the time. And again, you have these choices to to grow or not. And so continuous improvement, it doesn't have to be some massive change you're making all the time. I love, and, and this, this is what percolates about too, is one small change at a time. So for example, a way to continuously improve is to take a small change. Like let's say today we decide we're gonna start drinking um, six more glasses of water per day. So we will drink six more glasses of water for, per day for the next 21 days and have made a tiny change that makes a huge ripple effect. On day 21, we'll introduce a second change. So I'm going to add two cups of vegetables to my six cups of water per day. I'm going to add two cups of vegetables and I'm going to hold that change for 21 days. So now I have two changes rolling along for an extended period of time and then the next change and then the next change. So by the, you know, if you add those numbers up by the end of the year, you can have had major change, but you've implemented it. In, you've implemented it in chunks that you you can handle. Yeah. That's why people sometimes don't do new year's well yeah. because they think on, you know, January 3rd, they'll have lost 50 pounds. Yeah. And it's a great, you know, but unfortunately, as much as you want to wish for it, you need to work for it. And there's actions that you have to take. And so of all of this, step six is probably the most important one because you, it, it, step six, when we're teaching this, is how to implement the change. So you've, you've had that ch chat with yourself. You've kind of discovered what you're good at. You know, all, all the things that lead up to point six, you've got some support people know your goals, they know your dreams, they know you want to make that movie or move or change jobs or whatever it is you want to do. Um, in my dad's case, it was surviving stroke. Yeah. So we write about that in Percolate. My dad was a stroke survivor from 2004 to 2018. They called him the ICU warrior. This is based on him. He made massive changes to stay alive. Um, and part of that came with acceptance. Um, as in, in point seven, as he shifted his attitude to really kind of realize what matters most. 
as you're doing all of this, you're really refining to have that discovery of what really does matter most. And my dad, in the case of my dad, he wanted to be alive. There were a bunch of us kids. We were, um, my younger siblings were having babies. He wanted to see them married, have kids, all these things. And so he had so many moments of implementing and accepting and you know five six and seven were like his wheelhouse constantly to be a stroke survivor for that long it was amazing to watch some of the things he did Um, and I think people who have those kinds of changes in their life really um, thrive right here and they sometimes set examples for those of us who aren't dealing with types of life-threatening change it's amazing if you look at the special olympics it's amazing yeah you talked about that 21-day rule, and I'm not sure, but isn't there a saying that when you do something consistently for 21 days, it becomes a habit or something versus going I, just a, three or four days? Like, what happened? You, <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm on day seven of running with Cameron, and I'm like, oh, am I going to last 21 days? I don't know. Keep going. Like, you know, Keep going. You're going to get there. You're going to get 21. Keep going. But, but usually by around t- day, you know, by day five, six, or seven, you're right. You're like, I'm not doing this. But by day 21, you're kind of committed to it. Yeah. You know, I kind of, when I'm coaching people, I'll extend that a little bit to like 30, um, 30, 35, somewhere around there, depending on who it is. Because, you know, like one of the, one of the gals I coached, she was really going through the drive through eight times a day. And that's a habit. We're, you know, we're breaking habits. We're creating new norms. We're, you know, we're doing all sorts of things through this process. We're really really at the heart of it we're sometimes unlearning mm. what we know yeah yeah and that's not fun is it no it's not change, change is not <laughs> a fun process it's, it's no. painful sometimes but that's where the commitment comes in right but yeah. th- this leads us elizabeth to point number eight and i love this because this is you talk about engage and you write that it's in this point we start to find community and like-minded folks this is a huge part of change surrounding ourselves with the proper people fosters peace and puts everything we want to change in motion if we can't surround ourselves ideally then we have we have the tools to separate ourselves based on our values goals beliefs and behavior and recognize naysayers this is what i call being careful of the people you let into your inner circle right you can't just open up and have anyone just coming in and speaking to your life because this is your life this is your destiny so we've got to be very careful. And again, the word again is intentional about who we let in into our lives, right? Is that is that, is that what we're headed here with engagement? Oh, certainly. Yeah. You're like, I'm probably not ever going to let that gal back in my life. Mm. Uh, it'll be a long time bef- before I, I, I mean, seriously, that was such a bad moment in my life. I'm like, ooh, true colors. And we just never got along again. And that's exactly it. Um, to to go back, you know, to what we were saying was was support, because there's a difference between, you know, at this point, some of the people who have supported you, you might have outgrown. You might have changed so much that you need a different support system, and that is a really hard thing with change. Yes, that can be hard for a spouse. That can be hard for a sibling. That can, be, you know, whatever it is, um, you might need a different network around you. Um, so, for example, if someone decides, oh, you know, I want to live my life more aware, I want to, I want to learn um, what my values are, they might be different from the way I was raised, I want to learn, I want to match my values, my goals, my beliefs, and so forth to my behavior. That is engaging. And 
that's not only engaging yourself, but most likely engaging others around you. Um, so if you decide your value is, for example, to not drink alcohol and your whole family parties every Saturday night, that's going to be interesting to be around. Yes. You might need a different set of people to be around to keep what you're, the change in place that you're trying to achieve. And this is where sometimes people fall back into old habits. Absolutely. And, and, and for all the right reasons, right? Maybe, maybe it's a family, maybe it's a friend that you've grown up with, and maybe you fear being ostracized or being called names, you know, Ms. Goody, all of it. whatever. But it, it takes some level of boldness, right? And confidence to say, yes, I get it, but I'm choosing to make this shift. I'm choosing to, to walk away. I'm choosing to pursue my dreams. I, it's, 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 how, how, how do you overcome that? Because I'm sure there are folks listening or watching us who were, this is tough because this is someone of, of, of love. This is someone I've always grown up with. How do I separate myself from the pack, so to speak? It's, it's hard. That is really hard. And, you know, um, if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me that, you know, I'd, I'd you know, I, I don't know where I'd be <laughs> on a yacht somewhere, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but, that, you know, we're licking wounds at that point sometimes because people can really hurt our feelings. We can hurt other people's feelings. You know, um, I, I think of, I'll just share, I think of when I wrote Percolate, right? It has been my dream since I've been in kindergarten to be an author. I, I knew back in kindergarten I was going to write books. I knew it. It was just my thing that I did, right? But when I actually put out Percolate, my family freaked out. They were like, what'd you write about us? What'd you say? What'd you do? I'm like, geez, people, <laughs> relax. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything bad about you, or should I? You know, <laughs> kind of thing. But, you know, I let everybody read this book in my family so that they were comfortable around it. Yeah, and, and that's a growth moment for me where my family's like, wait, what, what are you doing? Um, the Harvard thing was another growth moment. Yeah. People were like, wait, what are you doing? You? And people, the thing of it is that I found is that people are used to you. Yes. I ask my kids. <laughs> They're so used to me. It's scary. They don't care whether I've written Percolate or done this or that or gone here or there or another thing. And, and so as long as, there, as long as there's love around you, there is a way to make changes and keep all the people in your life that you love. But sometimes you have to respect that they're different. Yeah. You're, you know, there's a healthy respect for differences. Yeah. I'm going to hang around you. You drink all you want. I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah. That's just the way Lisa, you know, I call, my nickname's Lisa. That's just the way Elizabeth is, or Lisa yeah. is. And, and, and it might take five times for that interaction to occur before people get it. But, but that, that um, you know, even that word, you doing that, you going back, you doing that, it's so powerful and it can stop a lot of us from moving forward, right? You, that, because that instantly creates self-doubt, right? Oh, oh. God, am I not even capable? They don't even believe me anymore, right? So yeah. it takes that persistence, right? To even overcome, you know, even a simple statement like that, right? Oh, that is so, it, engagement is just the, that, it's another, 
if you notice, there's a common theme at each one of these, at any point, you can go back to doing whatever it was you were doing and, and make a choice to not change. Each one of these is a growth moment. That's why it's called the 10 points of change. Yeah. And um, at any point, you know, no one's making you do it. So um, you have choices in each situation. And um, it, 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 I, I, <laughs> I stumble on that because I know exactly that feeling of people, you, why you? Mm-hmm. Even from any time, it seems like to me, um, because I love to achieve. And I've had so many moments in my life where people have said, why you? Mm-hmm. And it might just be because I've, I've done one thing and that's shown up. Yeah. Even, you know, it can just be, I mean, I remember in, um, oh, what year? a hundred thousand years ago because I'm 50 but when I was selected for a cheerleading squad and somebody came right up in my face and said why you why not blah 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 I'm like I don't know I have, the best, I, answer. I have the best answer for that anyone asking why you the answer is why not me not yeah why not me yeah I right. think uh, who says who says and and if you say you go for it I, I, you know, it's, it's up to you. Um, who says you can't, as Gary Kobat says, I love that one. Yeah. Gary Kobat's a really good friend of mine and he'll say, who says you can't Yeah. and why not? And you know, all the who, what, why, where, when, how, yeah. all those, <laughs> those elementary school things come into play through this. But, um, all of this, I think you just brought up a great point is rooted in self-confidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it's a it's a huge that's why i wrote a children's book on self-confidence because throughout my life probably if you said well what's one thing you could work on throughout your whole life it's probably confidence Mm -hmm. because people will rattle me at points and i'm at 50 probably 40 actually have studied Mm self-confidence and learned all the different things about being confident and not overbear there's a really big difference between being like obnoxiously overbearing and self-confidently kind conscious i i call it conscious ambition for example um there's huge differences in levels of self-confidence but when you have your 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 feet on the ground and some semblance of self-confidence about you you can make change you can do the things you dream of doing somebody can come up to you and say, "Mm, I don't think you should do that. And you say, well, I'm glad you think that, but guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. Do it anyway. I love it. I love it. Or, or you make a good point. Maybe I should rethink that. Maybe that's not such a good idea that I jump off that cliff. You're right. You know, you're right, Fred. Don't let me jump off. Don't let me jump out of the plane without the parachute. (laughs) It it all depends on what supports your your mission, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not saying that we shouldn't listen to other people, especially if they're they're sound advisor we can get, but it, it all depends on what supports us, what points us in the right direction. Yeah, and, and there's, and with support, there's phenomenal mentors, you know, phenomenal people out there who can, who, you know, you can say, boy, you know, I've got this 10, these 10 points of change, and I want to make these changes in my life, and, oh, Sally Huss, I would love your help to mentor me to achieve some of these goals that are, you know, rolling around in my head. What do you think about a children's book for food allergies or one about self-confidence for kids? So you don't have to get to be 50 and learn self-confidence, but you learn it way back when you're eight, nine, 10. 
Um, and people will, I promise you, when you're like vocal about your goals and yeah. dreams and changes you want to make, people will support you. And if they don't, if they don't, it's, it's, it's not on you. They might not be just ready in their own journey for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's what believing in yourself comes in, right? Yeah. And, and that sometimes is, for example, uh, why marriages don't survive yeah. a lot of the time. Because people are growing and they don't always match up as they're, as they're growing. Um, I've been married 22 years and my husband will look at me and go, what are you doing now? And he's super cool about it. But he, you know, we can talk and communicate. And my goals are out there, and some of them are terrible ideas. And he'll be like, yeah, you know, that's not going to work this time around. But you know, and you listen. What what a powerful point you bring. And I know we're not talking about marriage here, but I, I can I can so relate. I've been married um, about sixteen years now. Uh, yeah, we're when we started, our love languages were very different, right? And we took we. Mm -hmm we took stock and we realized it's completely changed. Um, as we grow as life experiences, work, kids and all of that and business and everything else, they change. That doesn't mean we've grown apart. We just have to adjust. But that's where I think a lot of people miss it because they, they feel or they realize or they think that because things have changed, it's time for us to, to divorce, right? Because we're not seeing eye to eye anymore, right? But we got to see if and realize that as we grow, these, these, um, priorities are going to change, but that doesn't mean it's the end of the relationship, right? We adjust and then we continue to grow, right? Yeah. The, te the 10 points of change apply so key. A, a lot of this actually is based on me kind of thinking, well, what's it like to be married this long? What have we gone through? Because I met you when I was 28 and now I'm 50. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> that's a different person. Yeah. And what all have we gone through and maneuvered through and changed and so forth? And I think about all you know all of the all of the different things but you're right you know you can you can give up or you can kind of go back and assess yeah. and move on through yeah. and, and move on yeah. yeah yeah it's interesting um i i thought of, i've thought about that a lot with writing this it's like huh yeah so spot on. <laughs> so it, really this yeah you can apply this 10 points of change to just about everything right just about anything in your life right I hope so. Yeah. And, and I think that I love it when people talk about it because everybody brings their own thoughts and ideas. Like yeah. even you and talking to you, I'm like, Ooh, good points. I'm going to listen back to the spread. I'm going to write down what you said. And I'm going to quote you in it because <laughs> it's fun. You know, there, there are people way smarter than I am who have really good thoughts about this and they'll add a story or add a point or change a word or a sentence or whatever. And it's going to change too. I promise you. Absolutely. And, and, that's and I hope it does. About. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, even same here, right? Having, you know, guests like you come in and share your perspective, right? It's, it's, it's important to get varying different experiences, different backgrounds. So I, I think it's the same, same here. But this brings us to point number nine, Elizabeth. You talk about mastering, right? This is where we enter a mastery level as we can now recognize how to expand on the concept of understanding and how to bring ourselves back to peace and all core principles of being our best. Routine practice and highest best self-mastery are present to ourselves and all we encounter. We have a sense of you, me, us, we, and we encounter others with a sense of gratitude, compassion, and collaboration. We're mastering awareness and self-discipline where moments matter, where we're not rushed, and we have the ability to balance. Can you talk to us a little bit about this ninth step mastery? 
Because it's well, obvious there, right? <laughs> yeah, and 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 Fred, I think you you're here. You know, I think you get how to change, and I think I I can hear it in your voice and so forth with all the input that you've you've put on you know put into this show and your thoughts. I I love it. Um, the nine and ten go together. You know, the ability to master it and then impact others in a positive manner, and that's that's what this is saying. It's sort of like your I wouldn't say on autopilot because I keep wanting to say that when I talk about this. So I'll, I'll throw it out there a little bit, but it's sort of more automatic. You're not stopping and going, okay, here's my paper and I'm on step four or whatever. You know, you kind of get the flow of how we make change. And um, throughout the whole thing, a, a lot of times when we're first doing change, we have a profound sense of us, I, me, you know, kind of thing, you. Um, and the idea of best ever you, the idea of the six core principles and the 10 points of change are to foster collaboration and a greater sense of you, me, us, we. Mm -hmm. um, and like we were talking earlier, humanity and so forth in the other show. Um, so I, I just think it's really important, this point where we're at sort of a, I call it a mastery level, mm -hmm. where when we, encounter whatever it is we have these tools sort of in our toolbox already we've learned them so for example um if a pizza comes in the house i know i'm running with cameron i'm thinking about my weight <laughs> all these things and um hang on did that work yeah did it just close okay sorry yeah i'm i you know i'm thinking about all these things so i know when the pizza comes in the house i'm gonna not i'll be on autopilot i won't have to go mm, i'm on step four so <laughs> you know so it's it's more of a mastery level but i like to think of that where you're you know you're your best ever you and maybe you're to the point where you could turn around and teach this yeah i love that and and this brings us to perhaps the most important point of, of all of this right impact this is where will become a mentor, a teacher, and you're using your knowledge to help others and be the change you wish to see in the world. We're leaders who recognize the intangibles. We also recognize that while we're teaching, we're also receptive to being taught. We're lifelong learners. There is respect for others when others who know a subject matter better than us and we realize there's plenty of room for, for others. Our impact, comments, and interactions are respectful to all we encounter even if we challenge the status quo. Change takes time, commitment, and discipline. I love this because it, for me, it's, it's like paying it forward, right? It doesn't stop with you. You've, you've learned all you can learn. How do you pass it on, whether it's a peer, or it's a child, or it's a spouse, or it's a friend, or how do you pay it forward? And I think it's important because oftentimes we feel like, well, I'm gonna get, 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 keep, 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 keep. But until we pay it forward, until we, 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 we give unto others or teach others, the, the growth or the change process is never complete, right? Am yeah. I right in am I right in that in that fact right there, Elizabeth? Yeah, I, I think I think you're definitely right. Um, I think it's really important to realize the lifelong learning part of this. To realize that just because you have this in your in your wheelhouse doesn't mean that you're done being taught. Um, there's always something to learn from somebody else, and I'm a huge believer in that. I mean you aren't a master at every single thing i'm not a master at every single thing and so we're all trading off all of these different skills and habits and learning and all this stuff so to be receptive to that um 
with whatever it is that you have to share to others, you can make a huge impact um, in, in sharing your knowledge, especially with the points of change in mind. So um, I, I hope that makes sense. But, you know, there's a, there's a, now more than ever, this last part is, is so critical where we meet people and, you know, we're respectful of one another. It does. It does. And Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much. This was, I know this was loaded, but uh, it's all <laughs> percolate, let your best self filter through. If you're, if you're listening, you want to learn more about this, definitely uh, check out her book. Um, and, and there's a lot more, but I, I hope that you've gotten something out of the Elizabeth over there. Final thoughts, right? As someone who again is listening, I, I like to do that a lot. That's, Oh gosh, I mean, I'm in the thrills of change. Where do I even start, right? Or I'm confused, or I'm at that point where maybe I need support, but I don't want to be vulnerable. Maybe I want to engage, but I'm not sure how to cut off, you know, some people in my life. Or, or maybe I'm at that point where I, I need to learn to pay it forward. What, what, what would you have to say to someone, depending on where they are on the spectrum uh, of this ten-point step? I would, I would tell you to never give up. I, I always refer back to that. And that might not be what you're thinking, but I, I, I hope people listening hear me say never give up because at some point you'll, I hope you hear me say that to you. Um, I say that a lot almost on every interview that I do is never give up yeah. because we feel that way sometimes. Um, it feels like it's insurmountable or it feels like it's, or you can never achieve that or, it's for somebody else, not me, or that goal is never going to get realized. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too, there's so many excuses that people think in their head and sorting through and sifting through what's real and what's false in combination of never giving up is a really powerful uh, assessment. What a, what, what a way to close this out. And again, I want to say, Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming on Time with Fred. And to you, our listeners, for whether you're watching uh, on Facebook or to YouTube or you're listening on, on podcast, thank you for joining us tonight. I do hope that you've gotten something profound out of this. And, and wherever you are, whether you're dealing with COVID or what happened you know, in, in Minneapolis or whatever personal changes you're going through, whether with work, family, uh, never give up. Change takes time, commitment, and discipline. Thank you again so much for joining us on Time with Fred, and we'll see you next time.